Welcome to season five of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life back into your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers. I'm a military spouse, clinician, and advocate, and I'm bringing topics that I hear from the service community and counseling room to the podcast, where we can face the challenges of this lifestyle together. So, um, okay. So Jennifer, <laughs> hi, this is, um, this is a live version of the podcast and this is the second one with her that we're doing. So thank you guys for being a little bit patient. Um, I am super excited to have Jennifer here with me. Oh, and I did figure out how to change the link here. So oh, bear with me a second for anybody else that might see it and try the link again. Um, so I wanted to have kind of a live episode. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of content that's going out right now um, about staying safe and all this social distancing stuff. And I think it's just really weird that the whole world is going through this together. And that's what everybody keeps saying is strange to see celebrities going through it, to see yes. the news being done in a completely different way than has ever been done before. And so I know for our family here in Kansas, um, we had the entire school year. And so I am just, I know I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety. My kids are older, so it can in some ways be a little bit easier for us to manage it. But I'm feeling the weight and the anxiety for a lot of parents out there who are now in this same situation, whether it's for a couple of weeks or for it's the rest of the school year of now we have to help teach the kids. And I invited Jennifer to join me because Jennifer, you have an early education degree. Um, you and I yes. went to the same undergrad together. And um, that was something you always wanted to do was teach. But um, you are homeschooling your kids. And when I um, saw you in Colorado, um, and you were homeschooling your kids at the time, you to me have always had one of the healthiest perspectives on homeschooling and kind of understanding the feelings of both sides, those that have their kids go into public school and those that have their kids in homeschool. And you've always done such a great job of encouraging both sides. And so I'm just feeling a lot of the anxiety from a lot of parents out there that are suddenly finding themselves homeschooling um, when they didn't necessarily plan for it. And I thought it would be really encouraging for you to breathe life into some of these other um, stay-at-home parents right now um, on the shocking news. And I just want to clarify, I did see somebody had commented <laughs> under this event somewhere that that what we're doing is not technically homeschool. And I do agree with that. I do agree that this, and Jennifer, I'd love for you to speak to this, I will. that it's not officially homeschooling, but I think everybody who has been kind of forced into the situation suddenly feels like it is. And so I want to acknowledge that as well. So Jennifer, thank you for joining me. You are coming from Germany. So I'm going to start off with, um, how is it in Germany right now? So we're a few, I would say a week ahead of you guys. So we are on a lot stricter lockdown than you guys. I was talking to my mom a little while ago and they are still kind of going about their business as usual. And I'll just say that this morning, our garrison commander got on, um, put a, put a message out that if he doesn't see us 
if he sees anybody not following the rules, he will take them into custody. Like it's bad. It's pretty bad. Like they're going to take them and, um, do, I mean, this isn't secret. This is on, this is on YouTube. Um, they're going to do strict things, like put them where they cannot harm the community. So we are on pretty strict lockdown. We can go to the commissary. We can go to the PX to get items, but all of the tables are removed the takeout, the food is takeout only, which I think some of those places in the States are that way as well. But, um, I just went to the PX actually, we needed light bulbs and, um, Anna's, some of my daughter's, um, skincare is only at the PX, not the commissary. And the it's, their lines are on the floor. Um, it's pretty strict. It's a, it's a little bit more strict. I have a feeling about a week from now, the United States is going to catch up and you'll all be in the same, uh, level of, of, um, severity that we are in Uh, it's getting it's it's real (laughs) and so what I would love to do Jennifer is just maybe have you go ahead and address that first kind of statement that I made there in the beginning which is there's a lot of people out there um, that are suddenly finding themselves having to work with their kids at home and um, and maybe we should start with um, the comment that somebody had said that this is not officially homeschooling Mm -hmm. Um, so how Mm -hmm. would you respond to that comment um, that that what we're feeling right now isn't necessarily homeschooling and we shouldn't call it that I think I think I'm going to back into it let's pretend we're not in this situation and um, someone was considering homeschooling, the first thing I would say to them is, okay, so you have to decide what do you want to do? Do you want to do something called homeschooling, which is where you pick your curriculum, you pick your schedule, you pick your vacation days, you pick everything and you have oversight. Or do you want to do school at home? Uh, where a lot of times people just need to get their kid out of a bad situation and they'll choose to do school at home, which is something like K-12 or Liberty. I think Liberty has a high school program that you can do. Whereas someone that means someone else is providing the content, the required dates of attendance. They're requiring you to do certain things. And you are basically your child's, you know, you're just facilitating the learning. You're not actually doing the teaching. And so the reason I break that down is because there are some moms who really want to get in there and pick the curriculum and homeschool in that way. They want to have 100% oversight on that kind of thing. And then there are some moms who just want to bring their kids home to do their schoolwork at home. And there's nothing wrong with either one. It just, which do you prefer? Whenever you're going to face homeschooling by choice, you get to choose whether you do one or the other. Um, and in this case, the vast majority of people who suddenly find themselves with their kids in their home, they're doing school at home. So they're bringing someone else's requirements into their home. And that changes drastically how a parent feels about what they're doing. So if they got to choose to do school at home, for example, let's say none of this was happening and their child was maybe being bullied at school and you just wanted your kid home and safe, but you didn't really want to do the school stuff. Well, that's great. Just log into K-12, let the kid do their schoolwork and be about their business. And that serves a phenomenal purpose. There are a lot of cases where that is, that's all that is needed. And there's nothing wrong with that. And homeschoolers don't look down on that. That's just, it's just another way to do this thing called teaching your kids. What has happened is a lot of parents feel like they've been thrust into this without having the choice. And kind of the, the, those of us who 
homeschool and have chosen to homeschool and picked our curriculum, we don't want parents to get the impression that that this is what our real life is like. It's really not. Um, we had those of us who chose to homeschool and, and made this decision for ourselves we had time to pick what curriculum we wanted, what was a best, what is the best fit for our kids, the way they learn, the best fit for us, the way we teach. For example, I am not an arts and crafts mom. I don't have glitter. I don't have glue. I don't have Play-Doh. <laughs> I have scissors, but I lock them up because I don't want the kids using my good scissors to cut their whatever. <laughs> so I picked a curriculum that's very, very literature rich. I read a lot to my kids out loud, even though Two of them are in high school. I read aloud to them every day. That fact steers a lot of people away from my homeschooling, the curriculum I chose, which happens to be sunlight. A lot of people are like, I do not want to read that much to my kids. And so they're going to pick something else with a lot more hands-on stuff. So you see, a lot of us who got to go into this by choice without a rush or a fear or panic or anything, we got to pick what was a good fit. Whereas this situation, everybody's coming home, they're getting this same curriculum, the same stuff, and they're having to figure it out on the fly with literally three days notice. Our kids went to school Friday a week ago uh, and then on Thursday. So they had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The teachers had to work and convert everything to digital and they started class at home online on Thursday. So to me, it's just a difference in it's not just a difference in semantics. It's a it's a difference in the initiation, like what made you start homeschooling and the actual day to day, what your day looks like. So I don't want anybody to judge. This is what homeschooling was like. I don't like this. This is no fun because maybe, maybe that's not what um, it really looks like for most of us. I so appreciate that. And that's, you had kind of put a fit, you, you had not kind of, you had put out a Facebook post that had kind of articulated some of that. And that's one of the reason why I said, I need to have you on to, to talk about this because I so appreciated, I mean, first of all, let me rewind the clock here years ago. Um, I always, I always felt that between you and I, me, my kids being in public school, your kids being homeschooled, I always felt like you were so great. And I'm not saying other homeschool parents don't support those that are putting their kids in public school, but you've always been so kind. And so like, you know, everybody's different. Everybody makes that decision for yourself. And, um, and I even remember way back when your kids were small. Um, and I thought that this was so healthy and I've repeated this so many times to other um, parents who've asked me about homeschooling. Um, but I remember you specifically saying that this was some, a decision that you were making and you were going to reevaluate as the kids got older, especially yeah. because your education was an early childhood education and yeah. that uh, you specifically said once they got into middle school to high school that you would consider reevaluating to see if it was still a strength of yours. And I always saw that as such a healthy approach to knowing yourself, to knowing your limitations um, and just giving yourself the, the option. And so Absolutely. you had posted um, a day or two ago um, all the days are like threading together at this point. <laughs> I'm still sitting in my room, you know, looking out my window. But um, so if my if the audio for the podcast sounds a little bit different, I I do not have access to my computer, my desk, or my podcast mic downstairs. It is fully my husband's right now, and so 
if you guys listened to the last live, he was playing with the controls. It's, it's a very helpless feeling I'm having, but, well, but and I'm in Germany, that, so that's awful. My internet is awful. <laughs> you're good. You're good. But you had posted this the other day where you said, Hey guys, I just want to encourage you, um, that I, you had said that you would feel anxious, that you would have oh, felt yeah. out of control if somebody had suddenly forced you suddenly back into the classroom after being a homeschool. And I loved the way that you had said, and recognized that this is kind of an abrupt thing that's happening to everybody. And I mean, we're all kind of feeling anxiety as it is, much less trying to parent, trying to manage our, our marriages, trying to not, you know, hurt each other in our homes, being all together mm-hmm. and entertain ourselves. And now on top of that, to supervise your kids' education. And if you work from home remote already, now you have to balance that as well. And so I really appreciated the fact that you were so um, acknowledging from your perspective that this is a big deal and this is a huge transition and that maybe whatever the feelings that you're having right now about it are understandable. Absolutely. I cannot imagine it. And I tried to put myself in the reverse situation. You know, I've chosen to homeschool. That's what I want to do. And, and what you were saying a minute ago, our motto regarding homeschooling is year by year and kid by kid. So um, I think a lot of people who start homeschooling feel trapped in it. Oh, if I give up or if I put my kids back into the classroom, then I've failed somehow. And I try to tell every homeschooling mom, putting your kids back in the classroom is not a failure. Doing what is right for your kid in that season is called a win. Well, right now we are all in the same boat, but I try to switch that a little bit and see what it would be like if it were reversed. If the Government finally told me or just suddenly told me, hey, by the way, uh, today's Friday. You're homeschooling today. You've got three days to prepare. And then you're in the classroom with 28 fourth graders. And you're going to be doing that for the foreseeable future. I would not transition well. I would have a hard time. I would have a hard time adjusting. I would have to scramble to figure out where my kids were going to go. And and how are we going to start getting up and getting dressed and out of the house on time? That's one of the benefits of homeschooling. I haven't had to get up and out of the house. (laughs) <laughs> by a certain time in many years. And so I just I just tried to put um, the shoes on the other foot. Let me see what it would be like if the roles were, were reversed. And um, I wanted to give all those moms out there who didn't choose homeschooling and wouldn't have because they were pleased with their kids' schooling situation, a little bit of, um, of a, a grace, just a little bit of grace to say, this isn't homeschooling. This isn't what we do. This isn't what it looks like generally and have grace on yourself because this is not, this is unheard of and unprecedented. And um, I don't know, we're behind you. We've got, we've got tips and tricks. We've got things that we can do to help you manage your day. But I think one thing I want to say really quickly is that this is not fun for you. It doesn't mean you don't love your kid. Um, I don't know. I had somebody say, I feel really bad because I just want my kid to go back to school. I feel like I'm not a good mom. And I just, that's not the way it is. Um, and even homeschool moms uh, sometimes don't like our kids. And one of the ways that I avoid the problem of being around my kids too much is we've we've had a rest time every single day since we started homeschooling. Um, the, the We all just go to our separate places in the house and we have two or three hours where we kind of don't see each other. So that's kind of a built in way. We don't get sick of each other. Um, so anyway, we, we, do, we feel that way about our kids, too, sometimes. No, I so, so appreciate you talking about that. So I definitely want you 
to share some, um, some, some more of those tips, um, in our talk today, but I think we need to camp out for just a minute, um, on those feelings, right. Um, (laughs) you know, I have always kind of said, um, and tried to say, and and you know, you and I have talked about this before that Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel guilty for, or maybe the answer is more shame for, Um, being okay with my kids being in the public school system and, and feeling that that's the best choice for my family. I obviously work from home. I do telehealth sessions, counseling sessions mm-hmm. that I need to have those confidential. I can't have the kids walking you know, behind the computer or sitting in the next room. <laughs> um, you know, and, and honestly, I've always told them uh, my strength is in teaching adults and I would not mm-hmm. do well teaching them. And I, I actually have one kid that, um, we have always butted heads since the day he was born. And that's just a, like, I love that about our relationship, (laughs) but it's, it's just our relationship. And so he and I both agree that he would not be happy (laughs) being homeschooled because (laughs) I would get frustrated. He would get frustrated. And, and it's, so now when you find yourself in a situation where I'm just going to speak for myself, especially mm-hmm. if I had, if my kids were younger and I was in this situation where they were younger and I couldn't reason with them as like many adults that they are <laughs> right now, um, I would be a little bit worried um, about having that friction with them and feeling that guilt of, I don't want to do this. I don't know if I feel good <laughs> at this. I don't know if I want to, I'm going to be like super honest here. And it's, t- it's, crazy to me that we feel bad for saying these things, but I don't know if I want to spend my day like overseeing each yeah. of you know, whether or not they're on top of each task and doing the homework that's being put out. Um, I will, because I'm a parent and I do love my mm-hmm. kids and that's something mm-hmm. that I want to make sure that they succeed in. Um, but I'm not looking forward to that. Um, which by the way, I know that they're not just throwing curriculum at us and saying, good luck. Right. Right. Um, right. That the high school is looking at us. Um, the lot, they put out a survey and they're talking, they're at least mm-hmm. thinking about us doing like a drive through where we go through yeah. each week yeah. and get their assignments, um, and then take it home, I guess, like a drive through almost for those things that aren't yeah. online. So, um, maybe speak a little bit more. And those of you who are listening live, I know we've got some people that are listening. Um, and I love the fact that our numbers are going up. People, more and more people are listening. So just know that you guys can chat questions or you can give us feedback and, and kind of give us your thoughts and I can see what you are um, chatting in. So we'd love to hear from you guys. It kind of makes the conversation a little bit richer to hear what questions and thoughts you guys have. So Jennifer, why don't you speak to that just a little bit more sure. about um, maybe some of that shame or guilt of anybody out there that maybe is not looking forward to this? Absolutely. I can answer it in two ways. Hopefully I won't forget the second one while I'm talking about the first one. But the first one um, is I don't want parents who feel that way, who feel like, I don't really want to do this, um, that to feel bad about that. Because if I were to be told I needed to start counseling people the way you do, I would be a nervous wreck, a basket case. That's not my gifting. That's not where I'm strongest. I don't um, think that I would be very good at it. Um, I'm not a preacher. If somebody told me all of a sudden I had to start doing my husband's job and preaching every Sunday, I don't think I'd do a very good job. I certainly would not be a very good worship leader. So we're taking people who already have their own strengths and their own jobs and their own um, elements where they feel comfortable and all of a sudden telling them they all have to do the same job. 
And I, I don't think it's fair to think that everyone should enjoy the same job. So I just want to wipe that one off the table. I don't think anybody should be. Um, I think it's the reason you kind of feel that shame is because they're your kids and you, sh- and you love them and you kind of feel like you should always want to be around them. But I just want to throw that out there and say, I don't think everybody is um, built the same way. Um, and like I said, I did forget the other way. Oh, no, I got the other way. I remembered. The other answer I have is I don't want parents who want their kids to be in school to feel bad about that. Because uh, for the moment, I'm going to switch from a homeschool mom hat and put on my teacher hat because I taught fourth grade before I became um, a mom. And I love those kids. I, I can still remember their names. I still remember their individual situations. And I wonder to this day where they are and how they're doing. And um, I mean, one of them wrote me a note and said that basically I was her mommy. And that broke my heart to leave that little girl and go to live my life, you know, um, as, as a stay at home mom, but I did it. Cause I, that was what was my calling. So the teachers out there, they're amazing. They, I, I cannot speak enough, uh, highly enough about what these teachers here in Stuttgart have done. They have three days to convert everything they've done into digital access. And here they gave as many Chromebooks out as they could. They, you know, everybody who needed one got one and they're working digitally. They've got a schedule. They log into each class per the schedule for a certain number of minutes every day. And I know personally from my neighbors, their teachers are texting with the parents. Anytime they have a question, hey, my kid's not understanding this question, you know, particular problem. Can you help? They are bending over backwards to do everything they can. And so from a teacher's perspective, from from a United States educator perspective, oh, these teachers love your kids and they want them in their classes and they want to be in the classroom with your kids. So for all those parents who are not uh, homeschoolers or don't want to be homeschoolers, that's okay. Send your kids to school. If that's what's best for them, if that's what's best for you, I don't know. I I don't have to say you have my permission, but just from a homeschooling mom's perspective, we think that teachers are fantastic and they're doing a really good job. They're working so, so hard. And, And I guess... From that teacher, if I still have on my teacher hat for a minute, I want to tell all the parents, be very, very kind as they transition. I had one of my friends from before we were ever in the Army message me, and she she said, I'm having to switch over to digital. I don't even know how to use a computer because she's, you know, teaching Mm -hmm. in the classroom, and she has an assistant who takes care of all that. And now she's having to do everything for all of her students online. And so be very, very, very patient. I mean, be as patient as you can be with these teachers. Um, They're probably terrified they're going to forget assignments or not get everything or somebody's work is going to get lost and accused of not doing it, but it really just got sent to spam. There's so much going on for these teachers and they just, they deserve a lot of grace in the next several months. I am so glad that you said that. Um, I know I'm feeling that in the mental health world right now because everybody is switching immediately to telehealth and that's something I've Mm -hmm. been doing for a while now. So I feel pretty confident in it, but there's so many people that are switching to online platforms that have never had to do that before. (laughs) And, um, I think you bring up an excellent point that, um, we're all going to like deserve a medal by the end of this, but (laughs) your your teachers out there that are, um, you know, that are doing this, I, you're right, deserve a lot of patience, a lot of grace. And I saw a post um, from one of our police wives out there that is also a teacher. And 
she was mourning. She took the picture of her classroom mm-hmm. door that she had closed her classroom door. Um, yeah. And that this was something she was grieving because she loves working with her kids that they weren't prepared to not work right. with the kids face to face anymore. And so this is a huge transition for them too. Um, and I know one of the other great, cause I love sharing good stories in the midst of all of this. <laughs> um, I know here at this district, we have a fantastic, like the best district and our superintendent here that's over all of Fort Leavenworth, um, has a doctorate. If you guys can believe this, a doctorate in military child transitions, like what? That's amazing. Like I want to just put him in my pocket and take him (laughs) everywhere you go, but he's been, he's been fantastic. Um, and so they're trying to work through like, how do they, um, take care of all the kids and, and all, and go online. But what I noticed here in the neighborhoods at Fort Leavenworth, some of the, um, mayors of the neighborhoods immediately put up posts on the Facebook pages and said, okay, you know, military spouses who here has been a teacher and what did you teach and what grade did you teach? And, and we'll support the other kids and we're all going to support the teachers. And what ended up happening is this beautiful post of all of these military spouses who used to teach, who said, (laughs) I taught fifth grade history. I taught fourth grade math, right? So that if anybody needed help that they could rally around those kids and kind of help with the tutoring um, that needed to happen so that these teachers weren't like trying to suddenly manage so many kids. I mean, thinking about like even, you know, think my kid is in middle school here on post and I'm thinking about like the social studies teacher that teaches 20 kids at a time in that classroom, Mm -hmm. right? But she now has to work with online, however many kids total right? Not just Mm -hmm. one class at a time. So you're right in that we need to be really graceful um, towards our teachers as well and seeing what we can do to all work together. And maybe part of that message is that you don't have to be alone in this. To me, it's it's a little overwhelming to have. It's wonderful. But just coming from the other side, I'm a little bit overwhelmed at all of the Facebook posts of, um, all the wonderful homeschool parents out there who have been sharing, um, like all the, t- all the like resources, like here's all right, the resources. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm a little overwhelmed because I don't know what I should be picking up. Like if I should be picking <laughs> up a schedule, like a homeschool schedule, or if I should be picking up curriculum or if I should be picking it, like I, re- it's just all coming at me all at once. Well, I can answer that for yeah, you a please. little bit, wait a little bit for direction from your district because ours sent out the schedule and they had a date when they were supposed to come back and get their, you know, materials and that kind of thing. Uh, And they, so there, the schedule is built in because if you're in first period, Mrs. Brown's class, you're going to log into Google hangout at that time. And you're going to be in that Google hangout for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes and you're going to have a class chat. So you might not have to do very much at all. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are some moms, and I spoke with one specific uh, uh, friend in Korea. She did the because they're they're about four weeks ahead of us in this um, Corona stuff. So they've been doing the online school for four weeks, and she's just finding it's not working for her kids. Like they're keeping up, but they're not thriving. And it looks like they're going to be forced to continue that for long term. So she's going to switch over to she's going to switch from schooling at home and utilizing what the school put out to homeschooling. So she's Mm going to spend this next week researching homeschooling stuff and switch 
from doing school at home using the stuff that the school sent home to using her own stuff. So I don't think that those of you who are planning to use the school's stuff need to really do a lot of research aside from the things where you need to fill in your kid's day, you know, the things that you need to get your kids involved in um, virtual field trips and those kinds of things, which you can do you know, once your newness of spring break has worn off, because I think you guys are in spring break right now. Yes, right? we hear yeah. we got that this week that they're taking this week to figure things out. So, OK, I know there's not a lot of districts that are doing that. Got it. Got it. Well, it, most likely, if you are not planning to abandon the school's um, plan, which that, not in a bad way, but if you're not planning on going on to homeschooling where you pick everything, you can probably just kind of rest and let the district tell you what to do. Um, they'll probably have everything laid out for you. At least they do here. And it's been very, very smooth. I think the email I got yesterday, because my kids, though they aren't in the schools, they are registered as non-attending so that they can take the SAT, which by the way, May SAT has been canceled. Um, that, that impacts my students. Um, mm -hmm. But they got an email that they had, I think 78% of their students log in on the first day and which I think is pretty, pretty impressive, honestly, to go from what we were doing to this and in, in a, you know, less than a week, 78% logged in. I, I think they've done a great job. So I would expect that shouldn't be a big concern for most people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know what you're, you're saying that resource about the SAT um, reminded me that May 1st, which I know sounds like a ways away, but May 1st, we have an interview on the podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Um, and so you're going to hear that podcast come out on May 1st. Um, in fact, I think the order of the podcast episodes that are coming out, I think is actually really good. We've got, um, <laughs> Jennifer, I'm going to come back to your point here in just a second. Absolutely. But we've got, um, let's see, coming well what just came out was you know are you taking care of yourself and are you putting yourself on the back burner so now's a good time to listen to that but also um <laughs> the next episode is um Kendra, who's talking about um, stress levels in the military spouse space and the research that she's found on that, um, that's mm -hmm. coming out April 1st. So that's going to be timely as well. So make sure she's going to walk you through how do you calm your mind down and how do you actually think about your thoughts and feelings and how that um, affects your perspective on the world. And I think that's really important right now. Um, April 15th is a special, interesting podcast that, that Matt and I did together talking about our review of, of the Mr. Rogers movie, which I think will be a nice, refreshing, something different to listen to. But May 1st is that Military Child Education Coalition. So I'm going to encourage you guys to go to that as well, because I'm sure that they're putting out a lot of great resources on taking care of you guys and really helping you um, whatever stage of parenting with your kids in the education system have so that you have the support that you need, whatever is going on in your life. So, um, Jennifer, would you say, you know, I, other than maybe homeschool curriculum, cause you just said, you know, be very attentive to what your district is putting out, but mm -hmm. are there, is there any curriculum? Is there anything that you would say, any resources maybe to maybe calm the hearts and minds of those that are listening that feel like this has just kind of been dumped into their lap. Other homeschool moms who have, who have done this, who other, that's other really more so military spouses who maybe have had their kids in the public school system. And it's okay if, if you need a second to think about that, cause I'm throwing mm -hmm. that without kind of giving you advance notice. But if there's anybody listening, that's maybe in my shoes, that this is, 
the first time I'm not having to think about this. Is there any resources or um, podcasts or anything that you listen to that would maybe calm the hearts of somebody that's kind of feeling a little bit anxious about this transition? Well, the, the, the thing that I recommend to most people, and I recommended it on the episode we talked about a few years ago when we mentioned homeschooling, um, is a book called Homeschooling for the Rest of Us. And it's going to be really hard to find now that we uh, don't have <laughs> access to libraries and, and everything. But one of the things that that author, um, and I don't have her name off the top of my head, but mentions is just to to take a deep breath and to realize that this is a day-to-day thing. You don't have to do it all in one day. And um that would be a huge resource. I would love to see if that one's on audiobook because that would be a fantastic resource. Other people who have already done this, you'll find them. In fact, um, there are hundreds and hundreds of homeschool groups. There are homeschool groups for dyslexics. There are homeschool groups for um, moms with a lot of kids. There are homeschool groups for moms with only one kid. There are homeschool groups for your area and homeschool groups for your state, military homeschool groups. Christian homeschool groups, secular homeschool groups, you're going to find, and I think, I think they're going to be the best resources. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, because I use, I use sunlight and they're sending out blog posts and stuff that are comforting. But as far as one particular one, I think right now, um, the best advice is just to kind of spend time with your kids, like just be with your kids, look at them in the face, close Facebook. Um, we are having weather unlike any we've ever had. We've never had this many straight days of sunshine in Germany. And it has mm. been high 50s, 60. Like we are all sweating. We don't know what to do with this. And we go outside and we're like, the sun is still here. We don't know what to do. And so you're, if you look outside, you actually see a lot of families out taking walks because that's one of the things we're allowed to do. And mm-hmm. I think I think being outside with your kids is one of the ways to calm down, to calm that part of your spirit down where you realize, wait, this is what's real. All this other stuff, you know, is emotional and it's frenetic and it's chaotic because, because where you guys are in this case, um, you haven't gotten your, um, your hand down from the, from your district, but the rest of us, we've gotten it. Okay. We're implementing it. Okay. We've made it through today. Let's see it's 345 here. They're done with day two. And last night, my, my neighbor upstairs, who vowed she would never homeschool. She said, I made it to the end of the day and I still like my kids. I did it. (laughs) But you know what she did after she got done with school? She took them to the track. We have a track on our little tiny post and she walked laps while they kicked a soccer ball in the middle of the field. They were just outside together, kind of disconnecting from the chaos, I guess is one really big thing. But if I think of anything else, I can send that to you later on. No, I think that's like the best advice. You know, I wasn't even thinking about going that direction, but I think it's the best advice that you can give. And that is call upon the community around you, especially locally. Like it reminds me again Mm -hmm. of that post where um, the the neighborhood was kind of rallying together. There were several homeschool parents that were like, hey, look, I do this every day. So let me support you, right? So leaning on our community right now Mm -hmm. is, is such a powerful thing, I think. And and yes, for sure, that disconnection. And, you know, I think you're right, closing all of the social media mm-hmm. and actually spending time with your kids and and maybe doing something that's not school related, whether like you said, uh, it's going outside. 100%. And I'm going to I'm going to segue a little bit 
the first thing I want to say is going to segue into a couple of tips. The children are going to feed off of the parents' energy. And I don't, I, do you remember whenever um, you had a new baby and they would say, you know, you're trying to nurse or whatever, you've got to relax or your baby's going to feel, you know, mm-hmm. anxious too. Remember that? Yeah. Um, well, our kids are like that. And I know, and you know this too, just before a PCS, what happens? The parents' anxiety increases because we've got so much to do. Our kids mm-hmm. can feed on that. They feed on that and they become anxious. And and with a PCS, we all know, like, okay, we're just going to move. Whatever doesn't get done doesn't get done. I mean, it's going to happen. Well, with this situation, we don't really know exactly what's going on. So we have, the as the adults, we have to do, um, we have to be very intentional to lower our anxiety level so that our kids can lower theirs. They can't really do anything other than what they see us do. Like they're going to feed off of our energy level. So I think doing that, um, doing those things where you're getting help from other people, where you're taking some time away from the screens, taking some time outside with your kids. I, it has been so much fun because, um, the dads here are kind of on a rotating schedule. I say the dads, let me rephrase that because we have a bunch of females who are working as well, but the soldiers and, um, Mm -hmm. all of them, because we have a multi-branch thing here. They're all working split cycles. So every day I see the parents out there interacting with their kids. Our playgrounds are closed. We can't go to the playgrounds. So where do the kids play if the playgrounds are closed? In the street. Well, parents can't send their kids out in the street without being out there. So we're forced to be outside with our kids to keep them from getting run over. And Mm -hmm. also to keep them away from other kids. Like So there's that six feet of space between us. So it has been a really, really fun thing to get out there and see these dads throwing footballs. It's like Thanksgiving day, only every day we're seeing mm. go on. So there are some really, really good benefits to it. Um, and I know we're in the early stages. The The newness hasn't worn off quite yet. It's, it's going to happen. But uh, for now, we're just kind of getting into a routine where when we get outside and spend some time with our kids, we we, I feel my anxiety level go down. And I told you a little while ago, I don't really struggle with anxiety as a general rule. Um, mine stays pretty level all the time, but even I'm having a hard time. If I decide to scroll for a few minutes and just kind of check on what's going on in the world, I can find, okay, I'll say, I need it. I need to get off. And then five minutes mm-hmm. later, I'm still scrolling, which what mm-hmm. I'm doing is feeding the anxiety. Um, again, and I don't even struggle with you know, anxiety, but it, if I'm adding that to myself, it's going to be um, received by my kids. So yesterday I took Anna, this is a little tidbit for you. We taught her how to ride a bike with wheels. She's been using a balance bike, you know, her whole life. <laughs> um, but we gave her, we borrowed a bike from a neighbor and she learned how to ride a bike with pedals and brakes, which was amazing. But I took her to the track and I put up a hammock between two trees and I sat there and enjoyed the breeze while she dug in the sand. She found roly polies. So we're just, because we're still able to get outside and and do those things. And our weather has been amazing. That helped my anxiety lower down. And I think my kids felt better because they sensed that I was calmer. Does that make sense? It does. And I so appreciate that because, um, you know, I, everybody has like these interesting, weird situations you know, we went for a walk yesterday, Matt and I, and it's, you know, I'm still in this, um, self isolation, Mm -hmm. you know, at first we were going to do a week with me being, cause I, those of you who are listening that didn't know, I went to Texas last week for Mill Spouse Fest and I was at Fort Hood, but I was also in San Antonio where that's where the cruise ship was being held and released. And so Matt and I just decided that was considered one of the hotbeds. And so Mm -hmm. 
um, I was going to go into isolation. And then all the news started coming out about like how long you should isolate for. And I don't have any symptoms of anything, but that you could be a carrier. And, and then here at Fort Leavenworth, I'm not sure if it's everywhere, but here at Fort Leavenworth, they've said that if you went somewhere and came back that you need to self-isolate for two weeks. (laughs) weeks. So I'm in my room still. I have the whole master bedroom and bathroom to myself, but we went for a walk. And of course, Matt's like staying like a distance from me while we're walking, you know, but we have, we have a son who has asthma and allergies and, you know, it's been really hard. It's hard because I was gone for a week already. And then to come home and he's like, mom, I miss Mm -hmm. hugging you, you know, and it's so hard, but we just keep telling ourselves, you know what, this is a small moment in time. Um, and so there's a lot of people out there. I, I talked with one of my friends who I believe she's, um, she's got the virus, you know, she's got a, you know, 12 year old that's in her house, you know? And so there's a lot, a lot of people that are like, I can't even imagine having to teach your child or, or help them through their school. And if you are also, you've been exposed or you're trying to also isolate and not wanting to expose your child, you know, there's a lot of people that are in lots of different situations right now that might be experiencing any number of things. And I think that what you're saying here is that uh, how we react to whatever our situation is, our kids are going to feel that. And that we need to be mindful of that. And that if you can go outside, if you can get that vitamin D, if you can, um, I can't let my son go outside right now because if his allergies flare up right now with everything Mm -hmm. blooming, his immunity drops. And so this is the one time that we're not going to let him outside, which is killing me. It's killing me. It's beautiful here. And all the kids are playing outside, but we're just going to have to be a little bit more cautious than usual. So I so appreciate the fact that you're saying that because it's how we react and how we cast vision for our family and our Mm -hmm. kids that makes all the difference in the world. So um, I'm going to ask you to give a few more tips of things that you have learned to keep your sanity while you've you've got um, one that you have... I think you have graduated him or he's about yes. to graduate, right? No, Hayden, Hayden graduated in May. So my first homeschooler homeschooled K through 12 and he's doing college online. Thank goodness. This was one of those times where, well, okay. I've been very happy that he chose to homeschool or chose to do college online because he didn't have to worry about coming back. He was already here um, doing college and he's got a job on our little base. So he's, you know, paying his way through college. And um, so he was home and his school is not being interrupted at all. So that's my first. And then I have two in high school. Yeah. And then you have one that that you're going to bike, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then, oh, don't forget Parker, because he just turned 10 and got his military ID Friday. So a week ago today. I think this is Friday, right? <laughs> a yeah, week ago yeah. today, we got his military ID. So I have an 18, 17, 16, um, 10, and four-year-olds. Those are their ages right now. Okay. So you <laughs> can speak to everybody. Yes, ma'am. So I can. <laughs> give, us, um, give us some tips because you are used to every day, like you said, teaching from home, being with your kids all day. Um, and so give some tips to everybody who's kind of going through this. And this is a huge adjustment for them. What are some things okay. that you've figured out over the years? You just mentioned for those who have joined kind of late into the conversation, you had mentioned that you still, even with kids being older, have two to three hours a day where it's rest time, where everybody's kind of in their separate locations, getting a break from each other. So um, what are some of the other tips that you would encourage, especially to those of us? 
that are sure. doing this new. Somebody just recently asked me, how do you do that if you don't have enough? Because we, with five kids, they don't all have their own room. And I said, well, uh, we have an, you know, one room that's an office. So one kid goes in there and one kid goes in that room. And Hayden's at work during that point. So we spread out that way. But before, when we didn't have five bedrooms, uh, one of them had their rest time in my bedroom. So that was Carson's assigned rest time area. And that was when he did his um, work that was independent, you know, he, his reading or, or history or whatever he didn't need me for. So um, you can actually use that time however you want. I highly recommend you teaching your kids how to um, listen to audiobooks. And I think Audible is doing something special right now for the this deal. So everybody go check out Audible, uh, free stuff, not um, not a subscription. Um, uh, Adventures in Odyssey is also another thing that I think they're doing something special. Those are audio dramas, like a radio drama meant for kids. Those are both, um, that one's faith-based for sure. If you can get your kids listening to something while they're playing, uh, like Legos or coloring or doing something like that, then you're going to get more time out of them. What I would like to say about that, I, I want to just preface this. If your kids aren't used to this, I would start with just tell everybody, hey, Next week, we're going to do a rest time and we're going to do it for 15 minutes every single day. And you cannot come out of your rooms. And obviously, if your kids are older, you can do this for longer. If your kids have a better attention span longer, but build on it. So let's say you guys do it next week for 15 minutes every day. The following week, maybe do 30 minutes or however, whatever increment you can increase. That way you're training them to stay in their room, but but you're not trying to get them to start with the whole two hours at once. I think that would be chaos. And I think a lot of kids would have a hard time who aren't used to doing that every day. And they may feel like that. So that's babyish. Um, Anna, even now at four is saying, it's not nap time, mommy, it's rest time. I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I've called it nap time for 18 years. I'm going to keep calling it nap time, even though you don't nap anymore. So anyway, maybe make it smaller or shorter and build on it. So that's one tip. Um, this is another thing that I think a lot of homeschool moms, new homeschool moms don't really consider. If your kids are going to school all day, then most moms who stay home have a little bit more time in their day to wash the laundry, do the clothes, clean the house, um, all those kinds of things. But if your kids are home all day, they're going to eat all day. Yes, they eat that much. That's how much they eat. They eat all the things and all the time. So your kids need to, I'm not joking, they eat a lot. That is, oh, especially boys. And I have four of those. Um, so they need to do more chores. They, they need to pick up a little bit more around the house. Um, this is not going to go well with some people, but maybe lower your standards. My fourth grader is the one who cleans the bathroom every single morning before the day starts. And if you come to my house at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're going to see a bathroom that looks like a fourth grader cleaned it. If we have in company, I'll clean it, make sure it looks good for company. But for the most part, my fourth grader does the bathroom. My 10th grader does the dishes. And so anyway, we kind of spread the load. I cannot do everything. I cannot do all the laundry, all the cleaning, all the cooking, the grocery shopping, the planning. I can't do all of those things. So the kids have to share a little bit more than if they went to school. Um, so I just, I tell a lot of homeschool, uh, non-homeschool moms that my kids do a lot more than theirs because anyway, that's just the way it is. No, I love that I because, um, I have another friend of mine, um, who's kind of another mental mom of mine who they always say that if you're in school, then that's your job. And if you're not yeah. in school, then you need to be doing a job. Right. And so yeah, if I were absolutely. to apply that to the situation, if you're not at school from, you know, seven in the morning till three in the afternoon and having to transition to classes and do all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And now you're in school and it's, it's going to take you less time. 
and yes. you know, we're going to have more things to do around the house. Absolutely. That's okay. Absolutely. I'm really glad you just said what you just said, because that's a critical point that I really want to make. And a lot of people think that they need to have their kids doing some type of educational activity from eight o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon. Please don't do that to your child. You will all implode. I promise your there's a little thing going around. Um, elementary school kids don't need that much, like two hours maximum of direct instruction. Um, middle schoolers, they need four or five you know, hours of direct instruction and high schooler, they probably need a good six hours. And if they're like mine, like some of mine a little bit, um, lose their track of time, it might take them longer, but that's on them, not, not on the teacher. Mm -hmm. Your kid does not need to be working on educational things the full day. Think about, um, cause when I was a teacher, uh, I, I remember sitting there in the classroom, looking out at them going, if I just had two or three of these kids, we'd be done by 11. And that's the mm -hmm. truth. And that was fourth grade. But, you know, they've got to change classes. They've got to go to the bathroom as a group. They've got to go to lunch as a group. So I don't know, just realistic expectations about how much time you should be spending doing educational activities. That's important. I think that's fantastic because I would not have known those numbers. Right. And that's one yeah. of those reasons. I wanted to have you on because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so exactly. I would for somebody for elementary school to feel like you're not being a good parent, you're not overseeing their education if you're not asking them to sit still for all that time. Absolutely. And that is plenty. So, you know, absolutely. I know that my highly extroverted middle schooler is not going to sit still for, or sit, you know, <laughs> want to do homework for five hours or whatever nope. that time is. And so um, maybe even just breaking that up throughout the day and that you guys have the control depending on what your district is asking you to do. So I think that's Absolutely, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yep. all right, any last tips that you would want to give anybody that we didn't cover? Cause I know that we could cover a lot, but I love what you've given us so far. And those of you who are listening, any, this is the last opportunity for any questions you might have for Jennifer as well. So the, basically the last little thing, if you do get to plan your schedule, um, if you're, if you're going on your district schedule, they're probably going to break it up for you. I think the way I'm not going to speak like an authority on this one, but I think what they have is they have the kids log in for 30 minutes during the period that they would have been in school. So they're kind of spacing it out throughout the day, but they also have breaks. I think they call it a nutrition break. There's a little break in there for the kids to go get a snack. So it's kind of built in and, and that way the kids don't, they're not sitting there for a, a solid amount of time. If I'm, if I'm talking to someone who's going to do homeschooling where they're going to pick their curriculum, what I always tell them is at the beginning of the year, don't start with all seven classes, start with maybe math and um, reading and just do math and reading for the first week. And then the second week, add in science. And then the third week, add in whatever, so that you're not starting with a full schedule. Because if you think back to the first week of school, they're not getting that much instruction. They're learning where their locker is and how to unlock their locker and, and how to find the art class and the computer lab and all those things. So I ask people to move into it gradually. This may not be the situation where you can do that necessarily, but at least keep that in mind that they're not going to hit the ground running exactly their way, like without any bumps, they're going to be some bumps in a way. So just a lot of grace for your student, a lot of grace for yourself and a lot of grace for the teacher. This is, it looks like this is going to be a long-term. It looks like a lot of schools are canceling for the rest of the semester and they're just going to switch to this, which to be honest, I think is probably smart just so that we can get into a rhythm. I think that's more important really is to get into a rhythm where they can learn what they need to learn um, 
rather than this transitioning. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes, but just have a lot of grace for yourselves, for your kids and for the teachers. Jennifer, I am so glad um, that you came on and encouraged. I know you encouraged me and I can tell by some of the engagement of those that have been listening that you've just said a lot of things that have really encouraged a lot of people. Um, and I think the overall message that Jennifer and I both want to share with you is um, that this is a, a crazy time of transition for everybody for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even get to talk about PCS season. Jennifer and I are both no. supposed to PCS <laughs> this year or this summer. And, um, and <laughs> you know, while we were talking, Matt sent me a text that was like, I have some news about the PCS. I'm like, oh, hey, no. when you do that, Man, <laughs> like, just don't even say me until I get just down there, you know, because then I'm like, what's happening? But this is a crazy time of transition for everybody. And I know for those of us here at Leavenworth, and probably this has crossed a lot of people's minds, um, I'm sure, across the globe. Um, but we were even talking with some of the other families around here that, you know, they, a lot of our military service members are on lockdown and, and our PCS mm-hmm. orders are, are in, I don't want to say in jeopardy, but they're just delayed or they're paused. Like we just don't know what's happening. And so there's been several family members that are like, can I, you know, if my kids aren't in school, can I just leave and we can move ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and go ahead and either go where there's actual, let me give you an example here at Leavenworth, you know, childcare is closed. The gyms mm-hmm. families don't have access to, but I would say don't go to the gym anyways, guys. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. but the gym Ours is closed. <laughs> All of, um, post activities are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a lot of our military spouses, um, we're, they're, they're feeling very stuck inside with their kids all day long with no relief, no um, place to go for self-care. And so, so and if school is being shut down too, some of them are going, can I just, if I get in my car and I just drive to the nearest place where I have my family for support, where I can have that respite, they're, they're starting to ask those questions of maybe I could just go, or maybe I could move myself early or partially move myself mm-hmm. early to find that support and help that, you know, I wasn't even thinking about this, but the district superintendent said, if you leave and move outside of the district, then you would have to disenroll your child. And mm-hmm. so that's a big question you need to be asking yourselves and, and talking with your district that just because they're getting online services doesn't mean that you can move yourself or leave. Like mm-hmm. definitely talk to your district just in case that forces you to disenroll your child and could in, impact their education. So I had not even thought of that. Um, I definitely thought about whether or not I should move myself, but I had not <laughs> thought about that impacting their education. So please make sure you talk with your district before you make any big changes. Um, definitely talk about it with, um, as a family and do what's best for your family, um, during this time. Um, but we all know that we're going through something really big right now. And, and so take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And like Jennifer said, rely on that support and your community around you locally, um, and online. There's lots that Jennifer has been able to share. So Jennifer, thank you so much for your calming voice and your perspective. You always do a great job of easing all the hearts of everybody when it comes to educating your kids, whichever choice you make, um, however you choose to do it. But more than anything, thank you for being a good friend. Those of you who didn't know, Jennifer has been um, had joined has joined the Life Giver team, and she's been helping so much in our Facebook group. Um, that's this is the same Jennifer that's also helping with <laughs> the newsletter. 
Um, I'm so thankful for your friendship and for the way that you have helped in breathing life into our families. And I just knew with this topic, you're that person to breathe life oh, into thank those you. Life this topic. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope thank you guys you for having me. Okay, well, you thank too. you guys so much for joining. Um, we'll do another one of these soon. If you've liked what we're doing, um, having a live version, then send us a quick note and let us know that you've enjoyed it. And we'll do it again sometime. So Jennifer, stay well, and we'll talk All to right, you guys. too. <laughs> All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver Podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you're feeling especially grateful, head on over to patreon.com forward slash lifegiver or find the link in today's show notes where for just a couple of dollars, you can help breathe life into more service families. If you'd like more information about me or Lifegiver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org.